This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome to Roar to Win. This is Michelle Nagel, your podcast host, and today I am interviewing Emerald Green Forest, who is a founder and lead visionary of Creative Age Consulting Group. She's an internationally known speaker, transformation artist, Be the Change Movement to Watch Award winner, and one of America's premier experts. She's the executive producer and hostess of the Men on Purpose podcast, ranked as a top 200 podcast on iTunes, and is hired to consult with high-achieving leaders who are called to be the vanguard of the creative age. So welcome, Emerald. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. Let's roar. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what you have to um, enlighten us with regarding the resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. And I'm really excited to hear your perspective on how these things apply in your life and the lives of, of your clients and the people that you work with. So what inspired you to start a podcast? I know why I started mine. Why did you start yours? <laughs> so I went through a um, period of time in my life about three years ago where I had a major uh, kind of a life shift and as a result of that life shift, I, the business that I had been running um, also shifted. And uh, the, a year later, I rebranded. So I built a brand new, brand new brand and a brand new business. And at the time, the focus, it became clear that the focus was to be on men. And so as I was going through the process of rebranding, we were originally talking about doing a television show because I started down the course of maybe just addressing my business towards leaders. And then it became clearer and clearer that men were, um, I was being called to serve men uh -huh. at that point. And so the, uh, it also became clear that men are not likely watching um, a lot of internet TV but they are listeners. So that was when the podcast idea popped in. And so it became part of the, the rebranding and an integral part of my marketing now. Mm -hmm. So um, men, I mean, how do men respond to having a woman as the podcast host for something for men to learn from? They love it. Actually, if you want to know the truth, Michelle, what, um, what I have discovered as a result of doing this is a few things. First of all, I'm definitely, I've definitely differentiated myself in the marketplace. That wasn't part of the intention, but it became clear after I went through the process that that is exactly what happened. Um, the men actually are, are excited to be chosen. They're excited to be seen as men on purpose, and they're even more excited to be recognized and spotlighted by a woman mm -hmm. um, because there is so much now in the media uh, around men who are malicious and malevolent and mean and mischievous and all the other things that men have been um, you know, exposed to have been uh, doing. There's a lot of kind of backlash on men in general. And so mm -hmm. the, the goal of the podcast is really to elevate, celebrate, and spotlight men who are actually on purpose. And they, they really love it. They really love it. That's really wonderful. So you tell me a little bit more about your podcast. What, is, what exactly do you do when you interview these people? So what I do with the podcast is I, uh, first of all, I invite magnificent men to be my guests and I have a lot of uh, people who apply and, and we take them through a process and decide whether it's a good fit for our audience. And then when they get on the show, uh, I basically ask them a series of questions about their calling, about how they get clarity, about you know, how they find the courage to do the things that they're doing, whatever those things are. Um, so we basically go down the road of, of digging deep into 
what's happening under the surface of their success mm-hmm. and helping the listeners to really get really good wisdom and, and a lot of immediately actionable steps so that they can start making changes in their own lives. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Um, so did that, how did that act as a catalyst for you becoming more accountable? Because accountability is what you've chosen to talk about with us today. Yeah, so what's great about the podcast is that uh, it has allowed me to create a consistent schedule for myself and to show up consistently in the marketplace with something that I actually really love to do. I have a lot of fun interviewing. I really enjoy the process. Um, And with the podcast, because you know you're scheduling guests out t- sometimes 12 weeks in advance and then the shows aren't going out until maybe uh, 24 weeks later mm-hmm. uh, it, it becomes this beautiful mechanism for just showing up on a consistent basis every single week I show up every week on Mondays at four to do the interviews and every Monday the men on purpose podcast airs and so it has allowed me to just, Uh, amplify my ability to stay accountable to myself and has actually spilled over to other areas of my business because it gave me a cause for celebration every week as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So what inspired you to specifically target men? So I was called and up until 2016, I was serving primarily women and a few very wise men. Um, And my business was serving those women to feel great speaking and powerful asking for money. Mm -hmm. And then when I went into this process of uh, having this life-changing experience, which happened to be with my son three years ago, when I came out the other side of that, the calling came that I needed to start working with men. And ultimately what ended up happening, Michelle, was not only was the podcast really instrumental in giving me accountability and helping me with celebrating more often, which was a thing that was not something that I did well, Mm -hmm. um, but it also became a healing instrument for me because most of my life I have been in relationships with men who are either abusive or had some addiction issues or were, uh, I felt alienated. I just felt alienated in general from, from these men. And so the, the podcast ended up actually also being a healing journey for me. Mm-hmm. And I always do what I'm called to do. And so I was called to serve men. And now I'm actually called, interestingly enough, I'm called to add another podcast into my repertoire. And I just finished doing the artwork for wickedly smart women. So now I'm being asked to open it back up to women again. And uh, what was interesting was when I, when I pointed my direction towards men, I, I did end up with male clients, but I also ended up with female clients. So Mm -hmm. I'm really in a space where I'm here to serve uh, and it doesn't really matter what the gender is. And the podcast is serving a number of purposes, mm-hmm. including um, being attracting, attracting men and, um, and celebrating and elevating them, because I think we need more of that in the world right now. I agree. I've, I've been saying for many, many years that we've gotten in the habit of just dissing men. Um, you know, there, there are some bad ones. That doesn't mean that the entire gene pool is bad. So uh, to have something that would celebrate them is really a good thing. I'm sure some of our listeners would really love to know where you find all these magnificent men. <laughs> well, that's a great question, Michelle. And here's, here's what I discovered in this journey. Um, because I had spent most of my life attracting, alienating, angry, uh, abusive, addicted men, when I shifted my focus, when I said, okay, I am going to put this podcast together and it's the Men on Purpose podcast, I am going to shift my focus to find men on purpose. Not only was it healing for me, um, but it naturally started to attract more and more men on purpose. So I started with a core group of men that I already knew, 
who very much supported getting the podcast off the ground. I call them the baby daddies. They were the baby daddies. I have this great core group of baby daddies who helped me get the podcast off the ground. But after that happened, then I started to gain momentum with listeners uh, in the marketplace, as well as with men who were colleagues of those core men. So right. mm-hmm. yeah, so now it's just like a, an upward spiral of of magnificence. And I just keep attracting more and more magnificent men. And so I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Um, we spend a lot of time, I go to a lot of different kind of uh, networking kind of meetings and stuff like that. And when people talk about what they do, a lot of it is, I do this for women. I do this for women. And I said something once when somebody asked me what I did, I, I said, I help people work through the trauma of their childhood so that it's not going to impact them as they continue to move on in their life they, so that they can be successful. And one of the gentlemen there, he was wearing like an Armani suit he had on the impeccable shoes. He, he was one of those men that, that, you know, I have to kind of like wipe away these little drool marks on the side of my mouth because I was just so impressed with him. And he looked at me and, and almost with little puppy dog eyes, he goes, what about men? We feel that way too. We've got those mm-hmm. problems as well. And so I really think it's wonderful that, you're, that your focus is on men because um, they need that. And our society needs it, I think, because if we spend all of our time elevating women and debasing men, then what does that say for the next generation? Or, exactly. for the one, or for the one that we've got right now. It, it, it makes confused people, I think is what it does. It totally does. And, you know, part of what I'm aware of is going to happen with the Wickedly Smart Women podcast mm-hmm. is um, we have a lot of spotlight on the victims in our culture. And um, the purpose of the Wickedly Smart Women is to turn the spotlight away from the victims and put it more on the victors, you know, the women who've victoriously overcome whatever they've overcome using their, um, their smarts as well as their sass to become successful in the world. And, and I think the purpose of both of these podcasts, primarily, you know, the men was the one I started with and the women one is now just kind of bubbling up. But the main purpose for both of them is, is let's put some spotlight on people who are on purpose, who are doing positive things in the world. There's so much media attention on um, negative news. And right. so, you know, what's, what is, it, it's my responsibility. I feel now like it's my responsibility, especially now that I have a platform where we're downloading in 73 countries and thousands and thousands of people around the world are listening to men on purpose. I know it can be done. I know I can have reach around the planet. Um, especially now that I know that, let me now capitalize on that and serve people kind of across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really wonderful. Um, I, I like your vision that you are obviously working on elevating the planet by, you said internationally, it's also being downloaded. I, think, I just think that's wonderful. Um, so what are three marks of a man on purpose? How would I recognize one if you walked in front of me? So number one, a man on purpose is clear. Like they're really clear with their intention. They're really clear with their actions. They're really clear with their communication. So clarity, clarity is divinity. That would be the first mark of a man on purpose. Um, They're called, you know, maybe that's the first one. The calling is first and the clarity is second. Uh, They're kind of interchangeable. So they're called. They have some kind of deep heartfelt, undeniable desire and calling to serve, to serve, you know, uh, in any industry. It doesn't have to be any particular industry. It doesn't have to be in personal or professional development. I mean, I've had men on the show who were uh, internationally known photographers mm-hmm. and, and his calling is to bring beauty into the world. I've had men on the show who were um, I had one guy on the show who actually had been a guest, I mean, a listener. He had been a listener. He binge listened to all the shows. 
uh, sent in an interview, I mean, a review that said I've binge listened. I'm like, yay, and had exited twice uh, from two different $100 million companies mm-hmm. and is now called to run retreats helping people to access plant medicine for, uh, for expanding their consciousness. So, you know, anybody who's called is going to be a man on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the final C, I have three C's, clarity, commitment, and the final C is the courage to say yes to the task and take it on and, you know, advance the plan, mm-hmm. keep moving the plan forward, whatever it is that their plan is for addressing their own calling. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty wonderful. I was thinking, as you said, that um, telling, you know, in how many different countries and the downloads and stuff that you get, that that's, that is proof that good news is desired and that people will be drawn to the good news as opposed to the old adage that, you know, it has to, t- you have to have bad news for people to buy, you know, bad news sells or whatever it is that they used to say it. Um, <clears throat> so, what have you found about from the men that you've interviewed about accountability? What do they have to say about it? Yeah. So um, again, that's been a beautiful part of the interview process is that you just learn different things from different people. And, um, and so I've learned some things like, you know, there are certain men who have a, what they call a morning formula and they, are accountable to themselves every single day to go through a certain process, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, morning meditation or reading or, uh, you know, an exercise program. I have other men who their accountability is generally in a mastermind of some sort. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and then there are the men who have accountability partners within their um, family, you know, their, their wife. I've had a lot of guys say, oh, my wife is the one who keeps me on track, right? Right. So there have been a lot of different ways that men have showed up and shared that they hold themselves accountable or how they hold themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think all of them are actually good. So, you know, a, a spouse is an amazing, amazing uh, partner. You know, spouses are amazing partners to help us stay accountable. And certainly masterminds are great. You and I know one another through a mastermind connection. And right. they're an amazing, amazing environment where, you know, we all mutually lift each other up and, uh, and hold each other accountable to our own vision and our own dreams. Mm-hmm. So would you say that uh, the majority or all of the men that you interview are in some sort of mastermind or uh, have accountability partners? Um, I would say the majority of them have some kind of system or uh, commitment for themselves in place to hold themselves accountable. I would not say that the majority are in, you know, in any one of those categories. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're, they are in all three. Sometimes it's like the wife and the mastermind and their own morning formula thing that they're doing. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say that they're, that they're all in masterminds. There are a lot of people mm-hmm. who are in masterminds and have found that masterminds can be incredibly uh, supportive, mm-hmm. incredibly supportive places to, uh, to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there is that holding yourself accountable. But what happens um, when they don't? I would imagine those are not the men that you're interviewing. <laughs> well, and, and you know, I think those, no, they aren't the men that I'm interviewing, but I want to answer the question. And the question is, you know, what happens when, when you don't? Mm-hmm. So what happens when you don't is you're, um, you actually lose faith in yourself. What happens when you don't fulfill your accountability um, is that you begin to mistrust yourself. And when you mistrust yourself, then everything around you becomes a reflection of that mistrust. And, and you end up with lousy clients. You end up, you know, having all kinds of problems. The other thing about um, if you aren't fulfilling your accountability it is a huge signal to look at, are you overcommitting yourself? So, 
I will say for myself, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself right now about accountability. Right. What, what I've discovered most about myself is that I have often, often in my life overcommitted. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of person that when I commit to something, I will hold myself accountable to that commitment before I take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what that is, is, is totally dysfunctional. Because if you don't take care of yourself first, if you don't hold yourself accountable to your own self-care first, you really ultimately are not going to be able to show up wholeheartedly for anyone. Yeah, that's a very good point. And oftentimes, though, we've been taught that if you, you know, taking care of yourself is selfish, and we still struggle with that. Um, you know, it's like, I'm really, really, really exhausted. I need to take a nap. That would be a reasonable and responsible thing to do, but we try to push through it instead. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you're just being lazy or whatever. And we really aren't. And it, I, I don't really know how we can get away from that mindset that to take care of ourselves is selfish because, you know, there is, there is a point where it gets selfish, but just the basic level of caring for ourselves is not. Well, and, you know, I think the other thing, Michelle, is that we, we do have a cultural belief system to overcome around hard work and working hard, that puritanical, like I've come from New England and, and it's like where the whole thing started, that puritanical work hard, put your nose to the grindstone. And what I've come to understand and come to learn um, is two things about, certainly about being an entrepreneur. Number one, if you're an entrepreneur, your greatest asset, the greatest asset of the business is you and your physical health needs to be put at the top of the list because if you're exhausted, you cannot make wise decisions. You cannot um, move your vision forward. Real power if you're exhausted. That's just not in service. So number one, part of the mindset shift is recognizing that you are the, the most valuable asset within your company. Unless, of course, you've got a, you know, a huge company that's um, you know, got massive amounts of, of accountability structure built in to get things done. Mm-hmm. Most people who are listening to this podcast are probably solopreneurs or small businesses. And so those people need to recognize that they are their, their greatest asset. And the second thing that, that needs to be um, brought to the table around this idea of hard work is that you can work all day long until you're bleeding. And if you don't have the right structures in place, or if you don't have the right skill set or the right experience to to make the change happen that you want to make in the world, all you're going to end up with at the end of the day is exhaustion. But if you are gifted and called and talented and skilled and experienced and excited to serve in a certain way, it's not really work. It's actually devotion. And so for me, I'm really at a place in my journey where I'm coming at my business from a place of devotion. And in my devotion, I can work, I can definitely put in a number of hours. I can definitely put in a lot of effort and I can definitely, you know, energize my business in a number of ways, but it comes from a place of love rather than fear. Mm -hmm. And this whole work hard meant fear, not love and not devotion. Well, I really like how you how you put that. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. So come back and listen to when we uh, continue with Emerald Green Forest. She's given us some really, really good points. We'll be back in a minute. Do 
you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and we are interviewing Emerald Green Forest, who is an internationally known speaker, transformation artist, Be the Change Movement to Watch award winner, and one of America's premier experts. She's also a podcast host of Men on Purpose, which is ranked really high in uh, iTunes, and has just told us that she's going to be creating a new one called Wickedly Wise Women. Wickedly uh, smart. <laughs> wickedly smart women. Okay, great. Smart women. I actually am from. That one. Thank you. I'm from New England, so I figured I'd I'd play on the Boston accent. Wickedly smart. Wickedly yes. smart women. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you've been talking about accountability and uh, how that applies. Uh, you first started talking about how it applied to your podcast guests, who are our men, and then we started talking more about uh, accountability in general. So would you share how, uh, what you have been working on your own accountability, where, where other areas you've been doing that? Yeah, definitely. So one area that I've been doing that is with my physical health. So, you know, just spiraling back to what we said before the break, if you are an entrepreneur, small business owner, you are your corporate entity, your, your business entity's greatest asset. So one thing that I got clear about in the last six months is I actually had a hidden health challenge that I was not um, presenced to, mm-hmm. even though I, I could kind of feel it, it was like a low level, not feeling 100% all the time. Right. Um, I ended up having an opportunity to uh, engage the services of a functional medicine doctor and discovered that there was actually, there actually was a, a challenge, an issue. And so my commitment has really upped and my accountability has really upped itself in the area of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, what that looks like is I have significantly um, improved my diet Although I had a great diet before, and in fact, it was my great diet before that probably kept me from being flat out on the, on the floor with this mystery um, illness, the, the diet that I'm, having, I'm on now is even more um, encouraging vitality. It's a, a diet that encourages vitality. So that's one thing I've done is just taking care of... Uh, I. T- cook all my own food. I take care of making meals that are going to be um, not only supporting the decrease of this uh, virus that I'm carrying, but also amplifying my vitality. The second thing I did was I signed myself up for the gym and a personal trainer. First time I've ever had a personal trainer. Never understood the value of a personal trainer until I got a personal trainer. And now I'm like, yeah, this made a whole lot of sense. So my accountability to myself is being in the gym uh, three times a week religiously for my workouts that my trainer has given me. Plus I Uh, do at least one yoga class a week at the gym. And I also do my own yoga every day here um, in my morning, my morning formula. Mm -hmm. So yeah, physical health has been the area where I'm really focused on uh, holding myself accountable and staying the course and doing the work that's necessary to be the healthiest and most vital person that I can be. Because when I'm healthy and vital, I'm radiating. I'm radiating life force, and that's attractive to the people who want to be served by me. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, I had um, an experience that I would like to share. Um, I was with Jack Canfield, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul books and also the Success Principles, and I was on, um, I was in one of his trainings, and he was on one side of the stage and he was talking about feedback and he's talking about the feedback that you get from your clients and the feedback that you get from your corporations and stuff like that. And he's just over there talking. And then he just walked right over on the other side of the stage and he looked at me 
And he said, your body will give you feedback, and if you don't pay attention to it, you're going to be in a world of trouble. And then he walked back over to the other stage again, the other side of the stage, and is talking about corporate feedback again. And it was like, I've asked him about it. He said, I don't remember doing that. And, but he needed to be the messenger, and I got the message, right, square between the eyes. It's like, okay, the body has been trying to get your attention for five years here. Let's go find out what's going on. And I was actually diagnosed with cancer. But I caught it early enough that I was able to be completely healed from it without any repercussions. But nevertheless, your body does give you feedback. And so that's what you're talking about. You had this awareness that you had this low level something or other going on. You just didn't feel right. And I'm glad that you went and had that taken care of. Yeah, well, thank you, Michelle. And let me tell you, we can be really good at faking it. Mm-hmm. We can, especially in um, the world of entrepreneurship now where most everybody who's out there is creating an, an, an illusion, you know, creating a, uh, a presence on the internet that may or may not be fully uh, grounded, right? May, may right. or may not be solid. And so... Uh, you know, it became very clear to me that that was not sustainable either. And part of the part of the work for me has been to actually I dismantled a lot of the way I was doing business in the past because it was it was literally draining me rather than feeding me. And so, you know, there the other thing I've been accountable to is ruthlessly releasing everything that doesn't serve, including my own propensity for starting the next thing, which is why I'm saying, okay, I'm, I'm interested in doing this wickedly smart women thing. I'm listening to the guidance from the upstairs team and we have to have a meeting, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with my body first, like yes. my body is top priority this year and, and beyond uh, my wellness is top priority, and so I'm happy to say yes to the next vision that comes through uh, as long as it is supporting and growing and nurturing uh, me and my business in service to the growth and the nurturance of, you know, the people that I'm serving. So, so yeah, so one of those things that I'm being accountable to is actually taking a little bit more time to really sink into what are the consequences of me saying yes to this next thing or is it better to just redouble my efforts and continue to grow the men on purpose podcast so i'm in that space right now where there's that little girl in me that's like oh but it's great artwork and it's such a great podcast name and it's got you know it it would be easy to get guests and i'm sure we could be multinational and 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 is it the right time for that right now and is it the right uh action for me to be overall in my my greatest wellness so we'll see yeah yeah that's wonderful a great great awareness that you have so um what do you see that the biggest challenge that other people have with accountability Wow, the biggest challenge other people have with accountability is, um, you know, saying they're going to do something and then not showing up. Mm-hmm. I actually had that experience today. First <laughs> time I've had a no-show. Very first time in 90, well, now today was 92 aired, but today's interview was, I think, going to be a interview number 115 or 116 or something like that. Uh, this person did not show up. They didn't show up. Um, and, and it's interesting. I don't, don't know why they didn't show up. So I'm the kind of gal that gives people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they had a health issue or some kind of crisis and they couldn't make it to the, to the podcast, I don't know. We'll see. I put out lots of messages and said, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Uh-huh. Um, not somebody I would have expected to not show up at all. Certainly not somebody I would have expected to not show up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the the biggest challenge I see. I actually did a little live event last week and um, 
a lot of people just didn't show up. So I think the biggest challenge with accountability is saying you're going to do something and then not showing up for it. So Mm -hmm. either you need to make the decision more uh, mindfully about saying yes in the first place or fulfill your commitment to yourself to show up for whatever it is that you've raised your hand for. Mm-hmm. And why is that important to fill? We've kind of touched on this a little bit before, but why do you think it's important to, to show up when you say you're going to, to yourself? I mean, what difference does it make if you take care of everybody else, your obligation to everybody else, but you don't take care of the promises that you make yourself? Yeah, if you don't take care of the promises that you make to yourself, all of the promises that you've made to other people are actually um, not really fulfilled. Mm-hmm. They're not really fulfilled because you have not shown up wholeheartedly. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're missing something. Mm-hmm. And, and no, matter, no matter what it looks like on the outside, even if it looks like you're totally like madly fulfilling everything that you committed to to this other person, if you're not taking care of yourself, there's something missing in that exchange. Mm-hmm. And so any exchange that happens under those circumstances is ripe for either backfiring eventually or um, being unfulfilling for one or both of the parties. Well, I really like that perspective. And also you had mentioned um, earlier before the break that that you get so that you can't trust yourself. And that that um, shows up in so many, many ways in our lives. You know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. It all shows up that way. So yeah, one, one thing I discovered when I started working with the personal trainer, mm-hmm. I found my inner cheater. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I did. I found my inner cheater, the one that's like, oh, do I have to do 10 reps? Can I just do eight? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, oh, do I have to do 16 minutes on the arrow die now thing? I've got a meeting with my assistant at 12. I'm not going to make it to my meeting if I do the 16 minutes. And so today I had that exact same thing happen. I was like, okay, I'm not going to make my 12 o'clock meeting with my assistant if I do the 16 minutes. So I had to make a choice. And my choice was I did the 16 minutes and I asked my assistant to move our meeting 15 minutes later. Okay. Yeah. So you but the inner cheater was there. Mm-hmm. The cheater was there. She was like, the inner cheater was like, come on, you can just let it off today. And I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> right. Either that or when you're doing the reps, you do them too fast. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> See, I did my 20. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, what do you do to help people be more committed to themselves and to their visions? Well, one of the things that I do is I actually help them see themselves better. I help them to really break through the inner, um, you know, kind of mind games that they have that cause them to uh, sabotage themselves. So I help people in a few different ways, but I would say that the, like the overarching word that covers the work that I do would be um, breakthrough into clarity. Like clarity is divinity. And once we have clarity, once we're out of what I like to call the clouds of confusion around anything, whether it's around speaking. So I work in three areas, vision, voice, and value. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's around clear understanding of where you want to take your, your business or your calling or your idea or your movement, I can help people get clear and map that out. Uh, whether it's around speaking, if they want to uh, put themselves out there, which speaking is the number one way of getting your message out to the world anyway. So you definitely want to do that if you're a messenger. I help get clarity around how that strategy fits into the overall business strategy and also how to uh, generate revenue as a result of speaking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, under the value um, kind of banner, I work with people on, uh, I have a thing called the big revenue breakthrough where I take people through a process to help them get to the other side of 
stuck uh, around generating enough revenue for their business. So all of them are really in, at the core. It's about helping them to get immense clarity and then to, um, you know, to commit to taking that clarity forward, grounding that clarity, really helping them to embody that clarity uh, in a very powerful way so that they can keep moving forward and keep doing the wonderful things that they were actually born to do. Okay, so you are a coach as well as a podcast host. I would not call myself a coach. I've never called myself a coach. I've always called myself a trusted advisor or a trusted guide or a mentor. Uh, I did not go through coach training, so I don't feel comfortable calling myself a coach. Some people would call me a coach, but I don't identify that way. Mm-hmm. No, that's fine. I, I yeah. think it's great. I don't identify as a coach either. I identify as a consultant. Yeah. Because that's, that's what I do. So, um, so how can, with, with the things, the ways that you help people, how do you help them actually go after the dream that they have? Well, um, how I help them is I work with them to build a signature product or a signature program that will then take, they can then take out into the world and enroll people in. So that's one way that I help them. Um, I'm now also offering teaching people how to podcast. That's another service that I have. And the other way that I help them is really with a kind of a long-term um, consulting process to take them to seven-figure speaking, uh, mm-hmm. to be able to become a seven-figure speaker using virtual speaking primarily, uh, but that also sets them up for, for live speaking as well. Mm-hmm. So when you say virtual speaking, are you talking about webinars or what? So for me, virtual speaking is radio shows, uh, webinars, uh, telesummits, podcasts, all the ways that you can get your... Fix that. There? <laughs> I, I can hear you now. Yes. Okay. Great. We had a little little technical difficulty there. It's been so, a technical day. <laughs> it's, it's been a technical day. Yeah. I don't know if I even have this. There we go. We have the microphone on now. Okay. Great. So the question was: Can you ask the question again? Yeah. How do you help uh, people so that they actually are committed to their dream? Hmm. Yeah, so how I help people so that they are actually committed to their dream is I show them what's possible that they did not know was possible. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a calling and they don't really know how to uh, create a, a container to get that calling out into the world in a way that's profitable and on purpose. Mm -hmm. So I help them to see things that they, they, didn't even know existed mm-hmm. as possibility. Okay. And how do you, uh, how do you uh, determine if somebody really wants to do something or if they just want to want it? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> okay. You determine that by their level of willingness to invest. Okay. And what that means is that you need to value yourself appropriately and what you're offering appropriately and give them an opportunity to say yes to themselves at a high level of investment. So um, I have, ever since I got into the online world, and before I was in the online world, I was in uh, the real estate uh, world. I was a real estate developer. But as soon as I got into the online world, I recognized that high-end offers are the ones that are most likely to have Uh, success happen, number one. And number two, they're the most likely for people to hold themselves accountable. I know that when I invested in a mastermind at $18,000, I was pretty accountable. I showed up, I did the work. You know, if if it had been $18 or $180 or even $1,800, I might've been less uh, willing to do the work or I might've just like let that money go. So Uh, The best way is to value your offers such that you're literally calling forth those people who are going to put their money where their mouth is and be most invested in what it is that you have to offer. It's a very good point. Thank you so much. 
So with your, I don't know, uh, do you want to talk about your Wickedly Smart Women or podcast or is that sure. something else? Okay. We can talk about it. We can talk about it. We can talk about it because it's right now it's in creation mode and okay. we'll see. You know, some creations, okay. I don't know if you ever cook, Michelle, I'm a, I'm a cook. So I like to experiment with things in the kitchen and sometimes they go right in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few of those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what? So you've got this this really great and very successful podcast for men. And what is your vision for the podcast for the women? Yeah. So my vision for the podcast for the women is to actually take the spotlight off all the women who are in victim mode, mm -hmm. and instead put the spotlight on women who have transcended their victimhood and come into a place of victory. And so it's really about showing other women that they can use their, their smarts and their spunk and become successful. So it's really about putting a lot of models in front of, uh, of the women in the world to show that it's absolutely possible to come up out of victimhood and to step into your own sovereignty and to create success using your own gifts, using your own talents, using your own skills, using your own experiences. And um, I really am intending, should this come out of the kitchen, <laughs> should this come out of the kitchen, I'm really intending to help more women rise up and radiate because we need we need as much as we need men on purpose to be showing up and shining. We need women or wickedly smart women to be rising up and radiating too. So it's really all about up leveling and uplifting the consciousness of as many people as possible. And the podcast is such a great vehicle for that. Mm -hmm. So it would be more like, um, again, like the, uh, the men on purpose is, a positive spin on men this would be a positive spin on the things that women are accomplishing because there's a lot of, of negative press on women as well I mean it just seems like that's all we want people inundate themselves constantly with you know finding the latest little bit of dirt on somebody and then going with that or even if there is a positive person in the news they oftentimes want to tarnish them. So I, with these two really great positive angles that you're going from, I, I can see that you're going to definitely shift the, the energy of the people who choose to listen to those, which is great. Exactly. That's the plan. It's awesome. I think it's wonderful. So um, what can, what can you, how can our listeners get in contact with you so that they can have a discussion with you or whatever it is so that they can find out more about what you do? Well, when we started, we talked about clarity and I believe clarity is divinity. So I actually have an instant clarity exercise for all of your folks. Um, they can go to emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T, mm -hmm. and that will get them my instant clarity exercise. It's about eight minutes. It's an eight minute um, guided visualization to help people when they're caught in the clouds of confusion so that they can get out. And there's also a button on the top of all of my pages, apply for consultation. So certainly feel free to apply for consultation if you feel like clarity would be in service to you and a breakthrough would be in service to you. And uh, enjoy the instant clarity exercise. That sounds wonderful. Sounds really like a very valuable thing. Thank you very much. So I have one more question for you. Um, I'm certain that there has been some time in your life that um, you've had a, some tough challenges, but how did you come to believing that accountability was going to make the difference in your life? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I came to understand that, and I'm continuing to come to understand that. Let's put it this way, Michelle. Uh, when it became clear that no matter what I was doing, 
I wasn't fully landing everything. Like I, I made a couple million dollars from home as a single mom in my pajamas. Um, that's a great accomplishment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about it. But there's so much more in me that I know is possible. And I, there, there was this part of me that continued to be disappointed in myself. Hmm. And it wasn't until I started to embrace consistency and accountability um, that uh, a few things have happened. Number one, I'm a heck of a lot healthier mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally than I was before. Uh, and number two, I am creating success in a way that is joyful for me and not a strain. It's like something I can devote myself to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I would say that that's, that's what's been going on for me is just, it's also given me a lot more confidence in myself. Like the more I, held myself accountable and the more I structured my life with clear boundaries, like my word for, for this year is nurtured, but my, my power word that's helping me to be nurtured is nope, you know, <laughs> exercising the nope muscle. And, and that takes some huge, huge, huge accountability to yourself to mm-hmm. exercise the no muscle. I think one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have is the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the truth is, you will miss out if you say yes to everything and uh, you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's great. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate all of the points that you've given us and you've really helped. Uh, if you are interested in, in having a conversation with Emerald or getting in contact with her, it was emeraldgreenforest.com forward slash gift forward slash gift. Yes, because you definitely want to have that gift so that you can get your clarity. Who couldn't use a little more clarity? So thank you so much, Emerald, for being with us today. I really appreciate the things that you've uh, said, the things that you've reminded me of, and the things that you have said that make me want to go do something different. Thank you. (laughs) Exercise your no muscle, right? (laughs) Yeah, how'd you know? (laughs) I could feel it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your platform and I'm really grateful and I hope that I have served at least one person today besides you, Michelle. (laughs) I'm certain certain that you have. Thank you so much, Emerald. Thank you. Okay, Bye. bye. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.